Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Deller. Pat McCracken, Johnny, Universal Adjustment Bureau. Well, hi, Pat. What's new? I've got a problem. This is new? Pat, every time you call me up, you've got a problem. What is it this time? Johnny, did you ever have any trouble getting rid of money? Getting rid of... Look, Pat, this is the thing I do best. Well, not so here. What do you mean? I got $25,000. I've been trying to give it away for two weeks, but I can't. Uh, just a minute. Let me shake the phone. Huh? For a minute, I thought you said you were trying to give away $25,000 and couldn't. You heard me correctly. Boy, you have got a problem. I'll be right over. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, act one of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the shy beneficiary matter. Expense account item one, $1.20 for a cab from my apartment or the offices of Universal Adjustment, where Pat was waiting for me, looking very snide. Oh, this is a real twist, Johnny. Usually beneficiaries are beating down my door to collect. This one is playing at real cost. What's the deal, Pat? Well, it starts out real simple. Two weeks ago, a Miss Helen Gazeworth died. Huh? Insured for 25000 Beneficiary, a man named Elijah Summers. So? Yeah, that's where my trouble starts. No Elijah. Can't locate? Can't locate. No trace whatsoever. Well, what have you done so far? Well, the usual, Johnny. We've checked death lists, advertised in the newspapers. All I've come up with is nothing. Where did you advertise? New York. That's where Miss Gazeworth lives. Uh-huh. Do you have any relatives? None, as far as we can determine. Any idea who this Elijah Summers is or why she picked him as beneficiary? Well, the only lead we've got is something Miss Gaysworth's landlady told us. Oh, what's that? Well, apparently this Miss Gaysworth was something of, uh, well, an eccentric. 
Lived alone in a dingy apartment, felt that the world was pretty much against her. Oh. All except Elijah Summers. Landlady heard her mention him once or twice. It seems he's been nice to her sometime in the past. How? That I don't know. Neither does the landlady. She have any idea where he could be, what he's doing, if he's even alive? No. But if he is, he's entitled to 25000 bucks. so we've got to find him. Hey, you know, you don't have much to go on, Pat. <laughs> Correction, Johnny? You mean you don't have anything to go on. Expense account item two, $36 even. Transportation and incidentals to New York City. I saw the landlady. Miss Gaysworth had moved in six months ago from somewhere a few blocks away. Three hours later, I'd located the somewhere a few blocks away. There, I learned only that she'd, yep, moved in from somewhere else a few blocks away. Gradually, however, a picture arose before my mind of a sweet little old lady drifting from place to place alone, and, well, I felt sorry for her. I also felt sorry for me because nobody along the line had ever heard of Elijah Summers. Finally, I turned up for her first landlady in New York. She remembered Miss Gaysworth mentioning something about having come from San Francisco. She thought. Item three, $167.20, plain fare and incidentals to San Francisco. Item four, $9 and a half newspaper ads in the San Francisco papers. Frankly, I wasn't very optimistic, but that's where I was wrong because the very first day I got results. The results, incidentally, were blonde with brown eyes. Mr. Dollar? Yeah. I'm Janet Blake. May I come in? Oh, my sure. Thank you. What can I do for you, Miss Blake? You're the one who ran the ad about uh, Elijah Summers. Yeah, that's right. Has he answered it? Not yet. Do you have any idea where he is? No, none at all. That's why I advertise. Look, are you related to Mr. Summers? No. I'm a, uh, a friend of his. Well, have you any idea where he might be, Miss Blake? Have you ever heard of a little town called South Fork, California? No. It's on the Yuba River, up in the Sierras, in what used to be some of the gold rush country. You think Elijah Summers might be up there? Maybe. What makes you think so? Just call it a hunch, Mr. Dollar. Just a hunch. Item 5, 2750, a rented car to take me to the town of South Fork. There was just enough inhabitants to keep it from being called a ghost town, a collection of ramshackle buildings at a fork in the river hemmed in all around by the mountain ranges. I looked up the local law, a big, beefy, slow-talking deputy sheriff named Rollins. Elijah Summers? Yeah, that's right. I'm looking for him. Who's I? My name's Dollar, Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. Looking for Elijah Summers, huh? That's the general idea, yeah. Well, good luck, Dollar. What do you mean? I'll tell you. You find Elijah, you let me know, huh? Okay. Why? He's wanted for murder. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag, representing one of the 50 states. Rhode Island state flag is white with an anchor, first used as a colony symbol in 1647. The motto hope was added in 1664, when the government was organized under a charter from King Charles II. A circle of 13 gold stars were added for the original 13 colonies. This is the flag of a unique colony and state which carried out a most noble experiment in freedom. The Royal Charter of 1663 reads, 
to hold forth a lively experiment that a most flourishing state may stand and best be maintained with full liberty and religious concernment. Rhode Island state flag, the flag of the 13th state to enter the Union, was adopted on May 19, 1897. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the shy beneficiary matters. Now I knew why Elijah Summers was so hard to locate. After all, a man who's wanted for murder isn't exactly going to make himself conspicuous. How come you want to find Elijah Dollar? He's a beneficiary of a life insurance policy share of $25,000. Afraid the dough's not going to do him much good. Maybe not. Oh, sure, he's got to be brought in, tried, and convicted, but I figure that's largely a question of time. When did this uh, killing take place, Sheriff? Last year. Here in South Fork? A ranch about three, four miles east of here. At just Tyler's place. Is Tyler the one who was killed? Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, Sir Elijah always was a funny old duck. Just Tyler kept him around the place a couple years, sort of a hired hand. I see. Now, from what we could piece together, Elijah and Jess got in an argument about some work Elijah wasn't doing very good. Elijah went plumb crazy, shot Jess, and took off in the hills. I see. Jess's widow took it pretty hard for the better part of a year. I guess it was Ben Watts finally pulled her out of it. She was married just a month ago. Oh? She and Ben are living on the ranch. Straight out of town to the east, up on a rise. Okay. Can't miss it. Figure I'm going out there. Yeah, I thought I might. You any idea where Elijah might have gone? Matter of fact, I got a pretty good idea. Yeah? Over the next range of mountains is a place called Tough Luck Canyon. A couple of hermits in there panning gold. Gold? Well, they get maybe three, four bucks worth a day. Enough to live on. Now, I got me a hunch Elijah hold up somewhere in there. Have you been up there after him? Two, three times. Well... So he's got to be careful. That Elijah's mean shot with the 30-30. Jess Tyler found that out. Besides, there's lots of places up in there for man to hide. Uh-huh. So you've given up on him. Dollar, I don't give up on no man. If Elijah stays up there long enough, he's going to get careless. One of these times I go up there, I'll get him. <laughs> I got into my car and drove out to the Tyler Ranch where his widow Clara and her new husband Ben Watts were living. They were expecting me. Sheriff Rollins phoned us you were coming, Mr. Dollar. I doubt if there's much we can add to what he's already told you about Elijah and the killing. Well, I'm sure you don't enjoy talking about it, Mrs. Watts, but I... Uh... I don't mind anymore, Mr. Dollar. Time has a way of taking care of most things. Of course, I still can't help feeling sort of bitter about Elijah... But I also can't help feeling sorry for him. Yeah, sure, I understand. I, uh, I gather that Mr. Tyler always treated Elijah pretty well. Yes, he did. I kept him around here when it really didn't pay to. Uh-huh. Then how could Elijah turn on him that way? Well, Elijah was always pretty unpredictable, I guess. No one really knows what the argument was about. Mr. Watts, how would I get to Tough Luck Canyon? You? You mean you're going after Elijah? I'd like to try. I don't think that's a very good idea, Mr. Dollar. Probably not. But why not? Could be dangerous for you. Maybe. And why do it? My job. Hmm. I've been thinking about Elijah a lot lately. An old man like that somewhere up in that canyon out in the open. In the cold. 
It just isn't right. Yeah, well, uh, anyway, how do I get there? Uh, as the road takes off a mile or so from here, you'll see it marked. Winds up through the mountains to about three hours' hike from Tough Luff Canyon. Okay, thanks. Uh, just one thing, Mr. Dollar. This Elijah, he's a good shot. I know. Yeah, so do I. Put a 30-30 slug in my shoulder once. When was that? Night of the killing. I was living on the next ranch over at the time. I was one of them that took off after him. He winged me from 200 yards. Oh. I tell you for a fact, Mr. Dollar, he can shoot fast, he can shoot straight. With those cheerful words from Ben Watts ringing in my ear, I drove back to town. Item six, $35.40 for some camping equipment. I figured I'd be spending a couple of nights out in the open. I found the so-called road they told me about. Finally, it just sort of petered out among the trees and rocks up near the timberline. I started hoofing it. Three hours later, I was over the ridge and working my way down the western slope of Tough Luck Canyon. Suddenly, I stopped. Yeah, somebody was training me. I crouched behind some brush and waited. Then I run. Hey, wait a minute. You're the girl who answered my ad about Elijah in San Francisco. Mr. Dollar. Janet. Janet Blake, isn't it? Well, I'm afraid I lied to you about my name, Mr. Dollar. It's really Janet Tyler. Tyler? Just Tyler, the man Elijah killed. He was my father. Well, what are you doing here? Decide to take the law into your own hands, maybe? You don't understand. I don't want to harm Elijah, but he must be found and brought back. Well, I'm with you there. Then stay with me, because I think I can lead you to him. Look, Janet, we're nearly at the upper end of this camp. Now, what makes you think Elijah's around this neck of the woods? Well, years ago, Elijah brought me up here. There's a little pocket in the rocks. It's almost a cave. Yeah. He likes it. Said it was his place. I recognize the landmark. Get down. Well, Janet, looks like we finally located Elijah. The hard way. of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. It is a very well-known fact that symbols are important to men everywhere. Whether they be symbols of country, religion, or honor, they're a cherished part of the culture and tradition of all people. As in almost all countries of the world, the people of Spain are very religious. And in the Spanish town of Vendrell, the people were having difficulty with a symbol. A 300-pound angel sitting on top of a 150-foot church steeple. The angel had been there since 1784 and needed repairs to keep it from falling down on the heads of the parishioners. But 150 feet is a long way up, and 300 pounds are a lot of weight to bring down. Now, there was a great deal of head-scratching over the problem until someone casually mentioned the problem to someone else who happened to be stationed at the United States Air Force Base in Zaragoza, Spain. It wasn't long before visions of a helicopter came to mind. 
Because Americans like to help other people everywhere, the Air Force Whirlybird lifted the angel from the church steeple, brought it down for repairs, and later returned it to its perch. So grateful were the people of Vendrell for this act of friendly cooperation that they held a mass celebration of American Day to show their appreciation. Television and newsreels carried the story of kindness. So did the newspapers and magazines throughout Spain. This gesture on the part of the United States Air Force created a new symbol, a symbol of friendship and understanding. It became a symbol of freedom, the right of all men everywhere. And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Shy Beneficiary Matters. Yeah, we found Elijah Summers all right. He was somewhere in the rocks above us there in Tuflok Canyon. And I knew the minute Janet and I poked our heads up, we'd collect a slug. He had us pinned down, but good. Johnny, you think maybe it's... Stay down. Now, look, Janet. I still don't understand why you were so anxious to find Elijah. Johnny, you've heard him shooting at us. Yeah, you're right. What kind of shots do they sound like? Rifle. Matter of fact, a small caliber rifle. A twenty-two, maybe? Like this? Where'd you get that twenty-two slot? This came from Elijah's gun the night my father was killed. But he was killed... Hey, wait a minute. That's why I want to talk to Elijah. That's a good idea, and so do I, but how? I think you'll still remember my voice. Let me try. Okay, but be careful. Elijah? Elijah? Who's that? Janet. Yeah, go on. It's Janet, Elijah. Janet Tyler. Miss, Miss, Miss Janet? That's right. Who's that with Dollar, Elijah. Johnny Dollar. I want to talk to you. I'm your friend. I know you don't. Please, Elijah, he's telling you the truth. We don't want to hurt you, but we must talk to you. That's the truth, Miss Janet? Yes, you know I've never lied to you. You there. Dollar. You got a gun? Yes. Toss it out in the open where I can see it. Well, if we guess wrong about Elijah, we're dead. I just know I'm not wrong about him. I sure hope not. Okay, here it is. Now stand up and come out into the open. Okay. Elijah. Hello, Miss Janet. Oh. Elijah, you look terrible. Have you been up here all this time living like... living like an animal? Oh, don't you worry about me, Nuna. I've been getting along pretty good up here. By the looks of you, you haven't been getting much food. Uh, enough to keep my eyes sharp, mister. Oh, I see that deputy sheriff fella come poking around here a time or two. He didn't even come close. And if he had a... <laughs> I could have potted him easy with this. That's what I wanted to talk to you about, Elijah. That rifle of yours. It's a good one, Miss Janet. I remember when you gave me it two, three years ago for the grounds crew. Elijah, have you ever had any other rifle besides that twenty-two? Nope. You're sure about that? Of course I'm sure. You see, yeah, I've took good care of it, too. I kept it clean and polished. Uh, yeah. Look now, Elijah, have you ever used any other rifle besides that one? Nope. Janet, your father was killed with a 30 
I know, Johnny. That twenty-two slug you showed me a while ago. You said you got it the night your father was killed, that it came from Elijah's gun. I saw someone pry this slug out of his own shoulder the night of the killing. He threw it away. He didn't notice I was watching. Later, I heard him tell it around he'd been hit with a 30-30 slug. You mean your stepfather, Ben Watts? I was confused at first. I didn't understand. Then it came to me. Ben Watts was the one who'd killed my father. Elijah, Elijah was probably trying to protect Dad and shot Ben with his twenty-two. Yes, there was a big fight, Miss Janet. I, I don't just remember what all happened, except all of a sudden they was chasing me. I, I run. Sure. Ben figured he could pin the killing on somebody like Elijah who wouldn't have a chance proving his innocence. Elijah, have you seen Ben since you ran away? Oh, sure. Oh, Ben's come poking around here, too, every so often. But I'm too smart for him. Yeah, sure, it figures, Janet. Elijah's a threat to Ben as long as he's alive. So Ben comes hunting up here every now and then. It's horrible. Well, of course, i got to be real careful, because I only got a twenty-two, and he's got a thirty-thirty. But he'll never get old Elijah. Believe you me, he won't get old. Oh, Get down and keep quiet. The shot had come from a clump of rocks more than 100 yards away. I scooped up my automatic where I'd thrown it on the ground and started circling slowly, trying to get around behind the clump of rock. I'd almost made it when my foot slipped and sent a rock down the slope. He popped up then, ready to shoot, but lucky for me, his first look was toward the rock instead of me. He saw his mistake swinging his rifle toward me, but he was too late. Johnny! Johnny! Yeah, right here, Janet. How's Elijah? Shoulder. He's all right, though. Johnny. Yeah, it's Ben Watts, all right. Is he? Is he still alive? Oh, yeah, he'll keep. Long enough. Mm-hmm. Expense account total, $410 even. Remarks? Well, I turned Ben Watts over to the local law. And I helped old Elijah fill out his claim for the $25,000 insurance money Miss Gaysworth had left him. It ought to keep him real comfortable for the rest of his life. You know, Pat... Once in a while, I get the feeling that this job of mine is worthwhile after all. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars. And behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Alabama's state flag is white with a crimson cross of St. Andrew, the symbol of the Confederacy and the national flag of Scotland. Alabama's state capital, Montgomery, served as the first capital of the Confederacy, and it was on the steps of its capital building that Jefferson Davis took the oath of office as president of the Confederated States of America. The Scottish cross is in the form of an X, or saltier, and is also found on the state flags of Georgia and Mississippi. Perhaps it is the independent, rugged spirit of the Scots that recommended its national symbol to the Confederacy as a symbol of its rebellion. Alabama's state flag, the flag of the 22nd state to enter the Union, was adopted on February 16, 1895. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the most cockeyed case I ever worked on. Not one of life, but death insurance. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. Written by Robert Rice, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Jeanette Nolan, Larry Dobkin, Jack Crucian, Russell Thorson, and Howard McNear. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Frugal man and Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is this is George Reed. Well, nice to hear from you, George. Especially when I have no assignment. That uh, that's fine. What's fine about it? No expense account to pay it means how do I keep the wolf in the door? Unless, of course, Floyd's of England has a case for me. Huh? Well, uh, Johnny. Yeah. I uh, well, a few weeks ago you were kidding at the time. Oh, now, George, how could I ever kid you? I'll uh, let that one go. Yeah, you better. The point is, you. Well, you rather jestingly asked me if instead of selling life insurance... Oh, no. Don't tell me. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid the company is saddled with what you might call a death insurance policy. You mean, instead of insuring somebody against dying, you've insured him against living? Yes, John. Okay, Georgie. Say no more. I'll be right over. In the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Act one of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England, American office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the hope to die matter. Expense account item one, a dollar ten taxi from my apartment at George Reed's office, where I found him pacing the floor and wearing an even more worried expression than usual. And believe me, that's something. This thing has me so so riled up, Johnny, I can hardly see straight. Well, you should have known better than to issue a policy like that, George. I? It was Harry Baxter. Baxter? He filled in here for me while I was on vacation. 
I should have known better. What do you do? Sell a lot of policies that you shouldn't have to handle? No, just this one. And I swear I don't understand it. He of all people. All right, you said on the phone that it was kind of life insurance in reverse. That's exactly what it is. Explain, please. Well, usually, of course, we pay the face value of a policy when the insured dies. Right. In this case, however, the company will have to pay the $250,000 that the insured doesn't die. 250000 Yes. How under the sun can a man be crazy enough to issue a policy like that? John, you know how it is. The company prides itself on the fact we'll insure anything. Not only life and property and health and so on, but the voice of a singer, the feet of a dancer, hands of a pianist, even the dimples on the knees of a chorus girl. Yeah, and singing mice, an old alley cat, a sick whale. Of course, I can't say that Harry wasn't in position to do it, but... Johnny, you've got to help me. First, you better tell me who and why and what it's all about. It's just the trouble. I don't know. Well, in that case, you don't know. I only got back here to the office this morning. I found our copy of the policy lying here on my desk. But if you don't even... Oh, look, I've handled some pretty screwy cases for you, George. Yes, but they've all finally made sense one way or the other. And, Johnny, we have paid you some very nice fees. You can't deny that. George. Tell me, have I ever questioned your expense accounts? But death insurance, it doesn't make sense. Have I? Insuring somebody against living. Have I? I'm sorry, but this time the answer is no. Listen, if you take this on, I'll okay your expense account without even reading it. Death insurance. Expense account unlimited. Johnny? George, there are some things even a conniving, chiseling, unprincipled rascal like myself won't... Even unlimited? Johnny? Okay, George, I'll take it. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the hope to die matter. Lloyds of England insure anything. At least that was their boast. And now it looked as though it had finally backfired on them. Because somebody in the organization, some character named Harry Baxter, had issued not life, but death insurance. If it hadn't been for my friendship for George Reed, <clears throat> well, plus his promise of unlimited expense account, I'd have thrown the whole problem right back into his face, as it was. Thanks, Johnny, from the bottom of my heart. I'll never forget you for this. Believe me, George, I'll never forget you for this. And if you can get us off the hook... All I can do is try, so come on, give me the dope on it. Yes, now here... The name of the insured is Miss Mary Ellen Markham. Oh. Yeah, I got it. Where does she live? 514 East 52nd Street, New York City. Oh. Pretty fancy address. Yes. Okay. Now tell me why this Mary Ellen has insured herself against living. Well, that's the point, Johnny. She hasn't. Well, now wait a minute. You... Albert Schwinner has. You mean somebody else took out this policy on her life? Or rather death? Yes. Holy... Well, what is this guy, a professional gunsel who's going to wipe her out and then collect? I suppose he's the beneficiary, too. Yes, he is. Oh, fine. Well, come on, who is... I don't know. As I told you, the policy was lying here on my desk when I got back this morning. I do know this much about him. It's Dr. Albert Schwinner. Doctor? What kind? Well, those are the things you've got to find out. Who he is, what he is, why he's bought insurance against this woman's living beyond November 10th. The 10th? Well, that's only a few days from now. Oh, George, this gets worse and worse. Oh, if only Harry Baxter hadn't issued that policy. But he has. Oh, boy, you sure picked a dilly to fill in for you while you were away. Picked him? What else could I do? After all, he never did anything like this before. You've known him before? Are you serious? Of course I have. Why, Harry? Back to... All right, now, look. Times are wasting, and we haven't got much of it. 
I take it you want me to see if I can find some legal grounds for canceling this policy. Yes, immediately. Now, have you got an address on the beneficiary, this uh, Dr. Schwinner? No, I've been so upset about this whole thing, I haven't even looked. Here, let me see. According to this, he lives at... Hmm. What's the matter? Dr. Albert W. Schwinner, C.L. C.L.? What kind of a doctor is that? I don't know. The address is 14327 E Street, Union City, New Jersey. C.L.? Well, I'll soon find out. Where can I reach this uh, Harry Baxter who sold the policy? In New York at the... Uh, here, I'll jot down the address. I still don't see how Baxter could get away with this. After all, when you consider his position... Here. He offered no explanation at all. Well, I'm afraid I didn't give him much chance. I practically threw him out of here. Oh, I can't say that I blame you. And that's another thing. Look, Johnny, perhaps you can reason with... Oh, don't worry, George. He's number one on my calling list. I'll be talking to you. Expense account item 2785, fare to New York and taxi to Harry Baxter's address. A real snooty one over near Sutton Place. And people don't live in that joint unless they've earned or chiseled a lot of money from somewhere. In the case of Baxter, I suspected a big chisel. My suspicion was considerably heightened when he opened the door. His apartment was luxury from stem to stern. As for Baxter himself... Dollar? Well, of course, old boy. I've heard a great deal about you from my dear friend and colleague, George Reed. Dear friend, huh? Well, you say that as though you doubted it. Oh, I know. That filling in for him while he was away, well, I really should have done better for the old thing, but I've had so many social obligations to meet these past few months, and after all, one must keep up with those things. Oh, I'm sure one must. Well, I did so one policy, you know, a real dilly. Ah, oh, that's the understatement of the week. I suppose I can't really blame him for being a bit excited about it, but he gave me no chance to explain why I issued the policy. Why did you? Oh, now, really? Well? Well, I made it very clear to George that I would tell him when he calms down enough to be reasonable. Really, Mr. Dollar, he was in quite a tizzy. Brother, he still is. That's why he sent for me. But when he calms down, he'll be sorry he bothered you. Suppose you tell me why you issued that policy. You? No. What? No, I'll tell George when he's ready and when I'm ready. Oh, now, just a minute. And you may tell George I said exactly that. Goodbye, Dollar. You'll tell me, Baxter, right now. I'll do nothing of the sort. And what's more, since my plane for Europe is leaving shortly, I have no time to... to, to, to... Would you kindly remove your foot from the door? Not until I get an answer from you. Now start talking. If you can show some legal cause... Legal cause? Furthermore, your behavior at the moment constitutes trespass, illegal entry, call it what you like. And believe me, unless you leave here immediately, I shan't hesitate to ring up the police. All right, all right. Now look, just tell me one thing. I might. What? What is your connection with the beneficiary of this policy? Dr. Schwinner. That's right, Albert Schwinner. But Albert happens to be a very close personal friend. Oh, I might have guessed as much. All right, then tell me this. No, I'm sorry, just one question. I've given the answer. Goodbye. Baxter. Are you hard of hearing? Look I here now. Goodbye. Well, there was no point in trying to batter down the door of Harry Baxter's apartment, so I left. Downstairs in the lobby, I put in a phone call. That's item 355 cents to George Reed's office in Hartford. I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar, but he seems to have stepped out for a few Oh, well, uh, then please tell him when he gets back that I want a complete rundown on Harry Baxter. Well, that shouldn't be difficult. Right. Having hired him, George shouldn't have much trouble getting that for me. Well, that isn't what I meant, Mr. Dollar. As a matter of fact, I think I can tell you just... Now, let George do it. I'll call him back. 
Item 465 cents taxi to Mary Ellen Markham's apartment on East 52nd Street. A uniformed nurse met me at the door, told me I could stay with Miss Markham only a very short time, then led me into the bedroom. And there, carefully propped up in bed, lay a pale, wan, tired woman who looked to be 65 or 70. The room was full of flowers. You may leave us, Mrs. Haskell. I'll ring when I need you. Yes, Miss Markham. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Thank you. I'm sorry. I won't be able to speak with you very long. But as you can see... Yes, yes, I can, of course. I'll get right to the point. You must know, I'm sure, that someone has just taken out a policy on your... Well, an insurance policy on you. Yes. That is so smart. And so... And so helpful of Harry Baxter. Oh. You see, I am suffering from a rare, incurable disease of the blood. I'm sorry. I don't have long to live. A few days, perhaps. A few weeks at the most. Excuse me. This is such an effort. Well, you, you're getting the best of care, I trust. Yes. Very best. Now, now, what do you wish to know? You know a Dr. Albert Schwinner, don't you? I have known Albert for many years. We've been great friends. Then why does he take out a policy that, well, that indicates he hopes that you'll die? Hopes? I'll die? Yes. What else could it be? Oh, you don't understand. Don't you see? Schwinner has bought insurance against your living beyond November 10th. Yes. Yes. My 50th birthday. You mean to say you're... The reason... The reason so. Yes? I'm sorry. You you mustn't. Oh, I know. I'm tired. Yes, Yes. But just one more thing. Your doctor... The doctor who's taking care of you. Albert. Albert? This same Dr. Schwinner? Yes. Now. Now you must leave. of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Oh, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the hope to die matter. The little that Mary Ellen Markham had been able to tell me left me more puzzled than ever. I've never been given such a runaround in my life, deliberate or otherwise. But I didn't dare tax her strength further, so I left. Item five, another 55 cents for another call to George Reed in Hartford. This time he was in. Yes, Johnny, I must confess I'm calmed down a bit, but the first shock of learning that Mr. Baxter had issued that seemingly absurd policy... What do you mean, seemingly absurd? George, this whole thing has me in a tizzy now, a double-barrel one. Well, I tried to call Mr. Baxter a few minutes ago, but got no answer. I wanted to apologize, of course. Apologize? After all, since he's chairman of the board... Chairman of what board? The company, this company... What? I tried to tell you that this morning, but you didn't give me a chance. Harry Baxter is also the majority stockholder. Oh, brother. In any event, as I'm sure you can see, he must have had some good reason for that policy. And as soon as I can get him by phone, 
You won't. What? He just left for Europe. Where? I don't know, and right now I don't care. But if I can't contact him, Johnny, I don't dare cancel this policy until I've talked to him. And if Miss Markham should die before the 10th... Yeah, 250 Gs. You've got to carry on. Would you like to tell me how... Mary Ellen Markham dies on or before November 10th. Floyd's of England pays Dr. Albert Schwinner $250,000 on a policy taken out by him. And he is her doctor with her life in his hands. And if there isn't something wrong with that setup, expense account item $68 for a taxi to Schwinner's address in Union City, New Jersey. And there at last I learned what the CL meant behind his name. It was an abbreviation, for this was the Albert Schwinner Clinic devoted to the study of rare diseases of the blood. But Schwinner wasn't there. He'd gone to New York to see Miss Markham. Item 7, $10 even for a fast taxi ride back there to Manhattan. As the nurse led me into the unfortunate woman's apartment, he was just coming out of the bedroom door. Oh, Dr. Schwinner, this is Mr. Johnny Dollar. Oh, Mr. Dollar, Harry Baxter told me I might expect you. Oh, he did, huh? Yes, he phoned me just before his plane took off for you. Pretty smart. You're an insurance investigator, aren't you? That is right. Oh, you may go in to see Miss Markham now, Mrs. Haskell. Very well, Doctor. How is Miss Markham, Doctor? Much better, thank God. Oh, why do you say that? What? If she dies before this week is out, you stand to collect a cool quarter of a million, don't you? I? No, the clinic. Isn't that the same thing? Hardly. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Now... You're concerned about the rather unorthodox insurance policy that Mr. Baxter issued. I certainly am. I think you'd better let me tell you the reason for it. I think you'd better. At the onset of her illness some 15 years ago, the best doctors in the country gave her five years to live at the most. And that's when you came into the picture? Yes. Because of the devotion, the concentration of all our efforts to this one field of medicine, the clinic was able for the first time to give her hope. Her hope was justified. We have given her years of life. But now, wait a minute, Doctor. She told us then that if she could be helped to live until she was 50... And that'll be on the 10th. Yes. That would prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that our methods, our practices were right. That we could prolong and possibly ultimately save not only her own, but thousands, perhaps millions of lives. Therefore, she agreed that if she reached 50... She would make an outright gift of $250,000 to the clinic and its work. Money which is much needed, by the way. But then it began to look as though she might never reach 50. Yes. And she suggested this unusual insurance policy. On her death rather than on her life. I see. But why Harry Baxter, chairman of the board of the insurance company, its biggest stockholder, whatever... I don't get it. Baxter's own mother died of the same disease, Mr. Dollar. Oh. Of course. Then he knew how necessary this money is to the clinic. Yes. And let's face it, Baxter is something of uh, an eccentric. And that's the reason he chose this... This offbeat way to make sure you'd get the financial help you need. Exactly. Then, if I try to get this policy canceled... A great many lives in the future may depend on its remaining in force. Of course, if you feel it your duty, 
Doctor, my duty as I see it is to do just exactly nothing. Mary Ellen Markham did live to see 50, but only for a few days. Just long enough to make her gift to the clinic. Harry Baxter and the company? Well, Harry came back from Europe, and he said he found some, quote, mistake, unquote, in the policy that requires the company to pay off on it anyway. <laughs> Eccentric? We should have more of them like that. Expense account total? Are you kidding Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Savings Deposits Program. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.